welcome to TAP, the awesome podcast. My name is Claire Turner and I'm an EFT practitioner, manifestation and mindset coach, the founder of Claire Turner EFT, the creator of Eight Weeks to Weight Loss and the From Doubt to Clout courses. Now, I am obsessed with helping women to overcome feelings of self-doubt and to grow into the awesome and empowered goddesses that they truly are. Now, if you are looking to tap into your divine right to success and abundance, then you have come to the right place, my friend. My goal within this podcast is to help you see your infinite potential, to tap into your personal power and be, do and have whatever you dream of. Thank you so much for pressing play. We're going to have so much fun. Let's get going. Hello and welcome to TAP, the awesome podcast. It's fantastic to have you back with me. Now, for the next three episodes, I'm going to be featuring my talk with the gorgeous Sarah Habubi. Now, Sarah is the managing director and lead trainer of Quantum Leaps, providing professional, educational and personal development programs in Ireland. Now, she is a certified trainer of NLP. She's a timeline therapy trainer. She's a speed reading instructor, empowering learning master trainer, and now a licensed MBI. Now, in this longer than normal chat, (laughs) which is why I've divided it into three, um, we are talking about her jump-starting learning skill system, which helps improve the ability to learn for people with dyslexia or other learning um, problems. And if you are one of those people, if you struggle to learn, then I think you're really going to find these next three episodes extremely informative because it's not that we are bad or stupid because we struggle to learn. It's very much based on how we learn. And unfortunately, schools um, tend to just focus on the one way of teaching and the one way of learning. But we are all completely individual. We all have different ways that we learn. And if the way you learn doesn't fit in with the way you're being taught, then yes, you're going to find it really, really tough. And that can lead to all sorts of misinformed opinions and stories we have about ourselves. Um, We might tell ourselves that we're stupid because we struggle to learn as quickly as other people. Um, We might beat ourselves up for not being able to um, read and remember what what we are given. And we start this very negative spiral of really bad self-talk where we convince ourselves that we're not going to amount to anything and really there's no need for that because we are not stupid we're not thick Um, we just learn a different way and that's all there is to it and actually you're in a really good position because if you learn a slightly different way and you struggled at school uh, because your way of learning didn't fit in with their way of teaching it can actually give you some real grit and determination to find a way to learn, to find a way that fits you. And a lot of very, very successful and abundant people 
of people with dyslexia. So it's not something that we can just write off and dismiss. Um, and I think over these next three episodes, Sarah is going to really kind of deep dive into this. And it just the, the wealth of knowledge she has about it is just fantastic. It was it was really informative and eye-opening um, having a chat with her. So I hope you enjoy these next three episodes. Um, I've broken them down to more sort of bite-sized chunks because I appreciate people are very busy. Um, so I hope you enjoy and uh, you can catch the second episode uh, next week. Hello, welcome, welcome back. It's nice to see you. Today I have the <laughs> today I have the lovely Sarah Habubi, who is the managing director and lead trainer of Quantum Leaps, providing professional, educational, and personal development programs over in Ireland. Although well, she doesn't sound very Irish, but I won't hold that against her. <laughs> Sarah's passion is helping people to move forward in their lives. And since 2002, she's worked with hundreds of individuals and dozens of companies and organizations delivering in-house workshops and open training courses. Uh, Sarah originally qualified as an environmental building services engineer in 1994 and worked as a consultant and project manager until around 2001. And in 2002, she changed career path and began pursuing her journey into the world of personal development primarily through neuro-linguistic programming, otherwise known as NLP. She is a certified trainer of NLP, a timeline therapy trainer, a speed reading instructor, empowering learning master trainer, and now a licensed MBI. She has a first class honors master's degree in adult learning and development, as well as qualifications in training education, anatomy and physiology, motivational interviewing, seven habits for teens and is licensed to use the Richter scale motivational assessment tool. I'm trying very hard not to feel too intimidated. <laughs> uh, Sarah is an absolute legend and I am thrilled that she has really kindly agreed to come on and have a chat with me and I'm really interested in talking to her more about the jump starting learning skills system which helps to improve the ability to learn for people with dyslexia. So Sarah, first off, hello. <laughs> Hi Claire. <laughs> you I sound so old. I sound so old when you read that whole list and, and you mentioned the fact that I qualified in 1994. And, yeah, but oh, that was only 10 years ago. We're okay. <laughs> well, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so Sarah, just tell us a little bit more about your journey. How did you get to be where you are now? Um, so in 2002, I actually completely changed careers path. I, I, I originally actually went into business with some partners. I lived in Bangkok at the time and we opened up a holistic health center. I, I was interested for quite some time before that in personal development and had done a lot of reading um, or as someone put it, shelf help. So I was reading and then going, that was brilliant and really life changing, but I'm not going to do anything with it. I'm just going to put it back on the shelf. Yeah. So I did a lot of, I think I was in training. So a lot of shelf help went on and um, I went into business because I was really, really interested in, in, in helping people. So obviously engineering is, is quite significantly different from a kind of career in, in one way. Um, but when I came across NLP, which was about six months into the centre being opened, 
it, it made so much sense to my very kind of engineering um, brain because in a way and you know in linguistic programming is engineering for the mind it's it's how can you re-engineer your perspectives on life so you can have a better experience and I was just blown away I just thought this was incredible had a session and within 20 minutes a problem I had been carrying around that I really thought was was part of who I you know I am I was that it was my personality fundamentally disappeared it was it was completely gone and I hadn't had an experience like that before. I tried all kinds of different things beforehand to get out of, of my very, very low period of my life because my, my first marriage had, had failed and I was thousands of miles away from family. And, um, you know, my friends were my family over there, but obviously you know, they were mainly expats as well. So I felt quite alone and quite kind of isolated. And when, when I found NLP or NLP found me, um, I suddenly realized I had a very real and very tangible way of actually taking control back of my life and of creating a new life, one that, that I wanted, instead of just sort of fumbling around and going from one drama to another and, and kind of thinking, how did I get here? You know, what, what am I doing in this situation? How did this happen? I'm thinking everything was happening to me. Um, I suddenly really had this incredible set of tools to, to go forward and start to, to really create more of what I wanted. And luckily the lady who i had a session with was a trainer she offered to do a course so we did it half in the center half in my apartment there's only four of us on it um and i was so yeah it just resonated for me it was this is what i had been looking for and i was i was 31 at the time so you know when i speak to, to young people who are struggling to find their passion i always say look you know you're probably going to have four or five different careers really in your life so don't worry too much whatever you're interested in right now don't you know we don't know we don't know what's going around the corner and, and I'm really glad I found it when I did. Um, and I went on and I then did the other levels and I became a trainer and I was delivering trainings there before I, I then moved to Ireland. So for 18 years, I've been working, make, NLP is the basis of everything I do, including the job starting learning processes. Um, and I, I've yeah, worked with actually probably thousands of people at this stage and, and you know, uh, tens of schools. So 70 to 80 primary schools um you know i've delivered training to staff um and yeah it's it's uh it's been an amazing journey so far it's not over by any stretch of the imagination i've still got a lot to learn and a lot to do um and and the next step really is to is to find another medium and another way to really get this information out there um particularly really to parents who who have children who are struggling and my big passion really is 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 how can we help those who learn differently to to learn what they need to learn and to be able to get on and, and pursue their passions and follow you know find their purpose in life yeah. so yeah kind of a little nutshell but it's all about empowering people and and it was because of my own personal experience really was i was just blown away and i just thought everybody needs to know this this is such simple stuff really a lot of it yeah um, so yeah that that's my that's my reason for being here i think is just to get this information information out there I'm like a messenger yeah, brilliant. I think a lot of people that I speak to with regards to this sort of stuff and the, with the, the direction they've taken in their lives, it does seem to be they found it fairly, I don't want to say the 30s is late on in life, but they found it a little bit later than they thought they would. And, uh, you know, that's okay. So I think you have to go through all the shit <laughs> at the beginning of your life to figure out yeah. and to look for something that's going to help you. And then when you find it, it's like, this is good. This is the, I need to yeah. share this. Um, I yeah, think it's, it's having that experience of really being in a very, very low point and having had not just that low point 
you know, because we all go through low points as teens and maybe twenties and whatever, but you know, it, it's the low point plus all the baggage from the past on top of you. So as you get older, it's not just that, that this is the low point and it's kind of isolated from everything else. It's now it brings up all the stuff that you've been through. So yeah, as you go along in life, you know, we are carrying, we're dragging the past around with us, literally, you know not leaving it anyway you know like no no we need you know it's a bit like a security announcement in an airport isn't it you know no unaccompanied baggage gonna make sure you bring it with you wherever you go and uh, you know and, and people don't realize actually how easy it is to just put it put it down and uh, they we think we need to bring it with us we think we need all this you know uh burden of emotions um you know with us that somehow that's going to protect us so I think if you have this experience a little bit too, if you kind of learn this stuff a little bit too young, whilst it's fantastic, and I, and I totally, uh, I'm a big advocate of giving people these tools very kind of early on, I think t it tends to be when someone's really a little bit older and has had a little bit more shit, as you said, to kind of carry yeah. around, it's, it's that relief. And I think that the contrast is so, is so, so big. Yeah. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So with that said, um, what inspired the Jumpstarting Learning Skills Programme? Ooh, um, so when I first arrived in Ireland, within about a year or so of being here, I, I met somebody who was a coordinator of um, something called the School Completion Programme here. And I always believed when I was taught NLP right at the beginning, I just thought, you know, if every teacher had this, if parents had this, if, if teens were given, uh, you know, younger people as well, but more teens in terms of how they can see the world differently, I think the world would be a very, very different place. So I always believed it belonged in schools in some way, shape or form. Um, when I met um, this guy and I explained to him what I did, first of all, he just went, OK, I have no idea how I'm going to get you into the school because this is so fundamentally different from what we'd be doing. They had counsellors and they had art therapists and they had breakfast clubs and, they, and their target was to prevent children, um, teens from leaving school too early. So there were some kind of medium risk and then some are very high risk of leaving, you know, before they had completed even their first set of exams. Um, so anyway, eventually I got a phone call about six months later, no, maybe it wasn't that long, maybe about three months later and he said, okay i have someone for you can you help him and without even really knowing the story i said yes because the beauty of nlp is i'm not the expert the person is the expert on themselves so i know no matter what the problem is my uh skill set is to help them to find their solution that suits them that empowers them so i'm not going to tell them what to do and he said you know we've been working with this student since he was in primary school He's actually a few months away from doing his final exams in, in six year and he's thinking of leaving uh, and we, we can't seem to persuade him to stay. And we've, you know, they've, they've done so much work to bring him that far and they couldn't believe in the last hurdle he, he was going to fall. Uh, he'd been suspended several times and the school wanted him out and his mum couldn't be bothered turning up to school all the time to, you know, to deal with this. And so I couldn't even see him on school grounds because he'd been suspended. So I actually had to see him separately in different offices. Um, and it was a really interesting experience because what I was told about this student and then the person I met didn't match. You know, he's a troublemaker, you know, all this kind of really negative stuff. And I, I tend, 
I, I, I do my best. I'm human, but I do my best to, to just go in with a clean slate. And I go, whoever I see, that that's who I that's who I'm going to be working with, not this version that I'm being told. Yeah. And I didn't see that version of what I was told. I saw a very bright, very articulate young man who was in a lot of emotional pain. And when we kind of started working, um, he said something and straight away I was like, OK, light bulb. And he just said, well, I'm stupid. And I thought, OK. So try this on. If I think I'm stupid, am I going to try at school and risk failing? No. Am I going to put any effort into something and then be told off because it's not good enough? No, of course not. It, it's safer to be in the sitting outside the principal's office having been the class clown than it is to be sitting in the classroom feeling stupid and feeling like you can't do anything. So absolutely straight away, I knew where I was going with him to help him. We did, some, we did a very simple technique. And he was able to, to, to swap that belief of I'm stupid for I can do anything I put my mind to. Lovely. And um, by the end of that session, he'd, he'd grown, you know, to about seven foot tall. He was sand, you know, he was a big tall lad anyway. And I just said to him, what are you going to do? Because I said at the beginning of the work with him, I said, Look, I'm, I'm not here to tell you what to do. And I'm not here to force you to say at school. I'm here to help you make the best decision for you. Mm. So whatever that is, I said, I have no no stake in this. You stay, you leave. That that's nothing to do with me. This is this is down to you. I'm just here to help you. And um, at the end of that session, I could see that a huge change had happened inside of him. So I said, What are you going to do? And he said, Well, I'm going to stay. I said, Why? He said, Because I'm not stupid, and anything I put my mind to, I can do. So it was a, a brilliant. You know, he was just using the words, the language straight away. And um, yeah. yeah, so he went. He stayed. I had to have, I think, one more session with him just before the exams. He had a bit of exam nerves and he stayed and he actually got, you know, here it's a point system and the, the top scores are 600 and he got 250 points, which was pretty incredible considering he hadn't done any work until his school work really until we started. So we only had about three months preparation and they were gobsmacked. They couldn't believe that the results. They said, well, will you come and work with some other students? I was like, yeah, absolutely. So for six years, I, I was an external consultant working at the school. I started with six year students with exam pressure and motivation, things like that. And I said at the end of that year, I said, you know, I'm actually a bit late. This, this is a bit late, really, to be working with these students. They've already got bad habits. They're already missing so much information. They've got a very negative view of education and their own abilities. And this, this is a big ask to kind of come in at the 11th hour and work with these students. Is there any way I can get them maybe at the beginning of their fifth year instead of sixth year? So I ended up the following year with fifth years and sixth years. And at the end of that year, I said, I'm a bit late. Do you think I could get them a year younger? And over the years, you can see this pattern and I kept getting them younger and younger. And I was then working pretty much with as many students as I physically could across the entire school. Um, and then my last year I was there, I was given a cohort of about 40 first and second year students. And it was this very strange thing. I was given this remit of helping them with their numeracy and their literacy. So I'd gone in on a kind of more behavioral, motivational, you know, but they said, but you're getting such incredible results in terms of the, the, their results, their actual test results and exam results. You're obviously doing something in terms of their learning. These students are really, really struggling. And initially, the, the principal who was there at that time wouldn't let us see the, the reports. Um, but they did they have any assessments, anything labels, you know, nothing. I wasn't allowed to see any or know anything. And, and luckily, there was a change of headmaster and the new headmaster. 
new principal was brilliant. He was really open and um, fortunately he passed away last year. He was an amazing, amazing man and he really turned the school around and he said, whatever you need, you know, we're, we're here to help. So I then finally got to see the reports on these kids to see, well, well, what am, what am I dealing with here? Because I don't, I don't, I don't, these are completely unknown quantities. I don't really know what's happening. I had no baseline. I had no goal. It was just improve their numeracy and literacy. And I said, but they've just had eight years at primary school. Surely they all know how to read and write and do basic maths. And it turned out, no, no, they didn't. Mm. And I was going, well, what have they been doing for eight years? And I was so, when I eventually saw the reports and the assessments, they, they were the alphabet kids. You know, they have pretty much every diagnosis, you know, ADD, ADHD, ODD, you know, ODD is oppositional defiance disorder. I said, well, my husband has that. And, uh, you know, he just does, he doesn't do as he's told either. And, you know, <laughs> dyslexia, dyspraxia, dyscalculia, dysgraphia, you know, um, it was like every every label under the sun. And I had these 40 students who all had these one or multiple labels. And I was like, what? Am I supposed to do here? I, I I have no I had no idea what dyslexia was. I I hand on heart really thought it was that there was something intellectually you know that their IQ was maybe low and they they because I was thinking how can you not read? Surely this is a simple thing to do, and I just assumed it was letter reversals and things like that. I mean I really knew nothing about it. This was not my area. But being me, I'm a bit of like a dog with a bone. If I'm given a problem, I, I'm not going to just let it go. <laughs> so I, my, in, in NLP, the question in NLP about everything. So, so how, why NLP is so brilliant is because the, the question is, what's the difference that makes the difference? So when, when the amazing therapists who were modeled um, to bring the techniques of NLP together, when the, the people, the guys who, who created NLP looked at these therapists, they were saying, well, what are they doing differently that gets these incredible results versus what everyone else is doing? So not what, not what are these people doing wrong, but what are these people doing right? What yeah. exactly are they doing? That's really kind of cutting through the problems and, and, and getting these incredible results so quickly. So in my head, I was like, okay, so what's the difference that's going to make a difference here? And I realized I just didn't know what dyslexia was. And I thought, well, if I know what it is, and if we can bring it back to the whole point that everything we do is, is strategies, that we're using internal and external elements to, to get from A to B, to everything we do involves our senses and involves thinking and involves language and other, you know, all of this stuff, then surely there's got to be a way of helping someone with dyslexia to then create a better strategy for learning that works for them. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, be sure to share it with me in a review so I can keep the awesome stuff coming your way. And if you aren't already following me on social media, come and soak up the extra inspiration by following me on facebook.com forward slash Claire Turner EFT or visiting my website at claireturnereft.com. Now, just so you're aware, I'm very greedy. Claire has everything in it, C-L-A-I-R-E. I appreciate you so much, and I cannot wait to connect with you again in the next episode. In the meantime, be awesome.